0: declared that this is uh, the decade of declaration. So for the next 10 years, um, we have decreed it as the decade of declaration. And what does that mean? It means that we are going to speak today what we want to download in our into our tomorrow. If we don't want to see something tomorrow, then we're not going to speak it today. So we are learning to speak what we want to see tomorrow. Amen? So this is the decade of declaration, and not only is it the decade of declaration, but this is the year of clarity for us. Twenty twenty is the year of clarity. We are going to see clearer than we've ever seen before, and I really believe that. Um, you know, I believe in biblical numerology, and numbers have significance. So the number twenty, um, and 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 the number two, and I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, numerology of it. But the, if, even if you look at twenty twenty, it's a balance. I believe that this is the year that God is going to restore balance to the body of Christ, but also to, to us as individuals. Amen. God is going to restore the balance. He's going to balance us out. You know, sometimes we, we can be more on one side than we are the other. Sometimes we can have a struggle that's heavier than the other. Sometimes we're struggling here, but we're blessed here. And sometimes we're blessed here, but we're struggling here. But God is going to balance us out this year. He's going to even us out. But we're going to be blessed only. Amen. Listen, I don't know. Y'all don't have to believe it. I believe it because I'm living in it. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm telling y'all, listen, I'm living in a blessed place. Yes, I have issues and I have their struggles and those are going to happen. But I'm living from a blessed place. And it's possible to live in and from a blessed place. But it's about us maturing. So this, this month... Um, how many of you enjoyed the the the, the um, January series that Pastor Andre has been preaching about the kingdom? When I to come on put your hands together if you've been enjoying that message about the kingdom, let me tell you something. The message of the kingdom is life transformative. It has the ability to transform your life, the ability to transform the way that we think, the way that we operate, and the way that we see not only ourselves, but the Word of God. Through the lens of the kingdom, we see the word of God not through a religious pers- from a religious perspective, but from a kingdom perspective, Amen. from a perspective of empowerment, from a perspective of um, us taking what God has given us and going out into the world to fulfill the mission and the mandate that God has called us to. Amen. 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 So uh, I, I'm still digesting the first three messages. I mean, it was only three. It feels like it was 300. But um, if you don't have the RCC Philly app, make sure you download the RCC Philly app onto your phone. Whether you have um, an iPhone or if you have an Android, go to your app store and download the RCC Philly app. Because on the app, you will be able to download all of the messages. You'll be able to listen to the messages. And believe me, I have been listening to these messages because it's one thing to hear it here. And then when we leave, we forget everything that we heard. We never revisit it and that is why we don't mature the way that God wants us to mature. It's kind of like eating food and then spitting it back out. If you spit the food back out, then you if it doesn't digest, then you can't you won't never get the nutrients. Right? We won't get the nutrients and we won't mature and grow. So we'll walk around stunted in our growth. Right? We'll walk around stunted in our growth because we don't regurgitate the word and we don't get the nutrients out of it. And what I love about this ministry is that we are a ministry that's going to teach you. The, 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 the church is the educational institution of the kingdom of God. So this is where we come to learn. right? We got our pens and our notebook. This is where we come to learn. This is where we come to ingest what God is saying to us. Um, the, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. It's the believer's instructions before leaving earth or the believer's instructions for living every day right? And so this is our instruction manual on how to live, right? So my prayer is that um, here at RCC that we have, we have been and that we are able to continue to allow you to see the dimensions of the Word of God, to allow you to see um, not the Word of God just for face value, but to see the dimensions and the potential um, that lies in the Word of God to change and transform our lives. I was, I was having a conversation with Pastor Andre yesterday, And I said to him, I said, you know, I really thank God for you because I'm able to, you know, not only hear the word that you preach, but to see you live it out and to see it manifested in your life. And it's the same thing with my life. People say, oh, you know, you know, they always use use the term, oh, that's just you, Pastor Rick. No, let me tell you something. When you understand the word at a certain level, you see the manifestation in your life. When you apply the word it's like applying ointment to a scar, to a sore. It will heal you, and it will it will give you the strength that you need, and it will restore you back to the place that you're supposed to be. This is what the Word of God is. It's not just like, oh, you know, that was a good message. No, this is what God is giving us because this is what's going to get us to where we're going. Amen? Amen? So for the month of February, we're going to be talking about relationships, and I'm so excited, um, you know, I'm, I'm not qualified to talk about certain things because I'm not married, right? So I'm not going to get up here and talk to you because, you know, when you marry, you know, marriage is about, you know, you got to communicate and, you know, you got to, you got to, um, you got to sacrifice in your marriage and you got to because I'm not married. So I cannot <laughs> talk to you about what it means to have a relationship in a in a marriage. That's what the Campbells are for. They're going to be speaking about Marriage, <laughs> you know, but I have the the. I'm very fortunate that I can talk about relationships. And today, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about building healthy relationships. Um, and I'm also want I also want to talk to you about uh, four types of relationships that God ordained in Genesis. Um, and I'm so excited about this. So, you, if you all know me, you you, you should be taking copious notes. Right, copious notes. Have your pen, and your paper, because I'm gonna go a little fast, and I'm putting on my sociology hat today. Um, <laughs> it's the Chris, it's like, oh God, let me get my brain ready. But I, I know my, an- my anointing and my assignment to the body of Christ is to challenge you to think. Right, because we like to, we go to church and we like to dance and shout and woo and do all that, and then when we get home, we have no idea what the message was. And The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So it is the word of God that we live by. It is the word of God that gives us the sustenance that we need in order to move forward into the things that God has called us to. Amen? So we are a word-based church. We're going to give you some worship. We're going to give you some spirit. You know? Um, but we, we are very heavy based on the word because the word is what guides and guards and guides our life. Amen. Amen. All right. So building healthy relationships. So I want to start with two quotes that I read that were amazing. Um, the first quote says each relationship represents a world in us, a world possibly not born until they arrive. And it is only by the, this meeting that a new world is born. And this is this this quote talks about the potential um, for relationships. The the one of the re- one of the things that relationships are supposed to do for us. Relationships are supposed to introduce us to a new world. Relationships are supposed to introduce us to a new possibility, right? And it says, um, I read it again. Each each relationship represents a world that's in us that hasn't been born or hasn't hasn't manifested until that other person arrives. How many of you know that people have the ability to unlock something in you that hasn't yeah. been, that hasn't been uh, uh, revealed? I think about Mary and Elizabeth uh, when they were both pregnant. And the Bible says that Mary went to, e- went to Elizabeth, and when Mary greeted Elizabeth, her baby leaped. There was something about that relationship that caused what Elizabeth might have thought was dead to come alive again. How many of you know that there are certain relationships that God would ordain to cause what is in you to come alive? That is why I wanted to read this quote. The second quote is, the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. And that's whether you're transformed for good (laughs) or transformed for bad. Because we got good chemical reactions and we have bad chemical reactions. But that's what relationships are like. Relationships are like two chemical substances, two different substances that you put together. And when you put them together, you're going to be transformed one way or another. And I'm not going to talk about the word transform because that whole series that we did called Transform was a moment for us. And we are not going to revisit that, but we know God transformed us. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together today for the word transform? (laughs) Okay. So. Um, Let's move on to the next slide, and I'm so excited. So I want to start with, um, actually, go to the next slide for me. um, Thank you. I want to start with the definition of relationship, and this is how I like to define relationship. Relationship is how two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, how things relate to one another, and how things are related to one another. That's relationships. How two or more things are connected. So relationship is about connection. How things are related to one another. Relationship is about relation. It's hard for you to be in a relationship with someone that you have no connection with. It's hard for you to be in a relationship with someone that you're not, um, that you don't have anything in common. Relationship is about having something in common. One thing that that I love to do is that when I meet someone new, I'll ask a million questions until I find something that we have in common. Because that's how you build relationship. If we don't have anything in common, then we can't build a relationship. So relationship is about how things um, are related and how they work together. Um, I want to break down the word relationship, um, and and I love breaking words down. And you break down the word relationship, and it is a compound. You have the word relation, and then you have the word ship. The word um, relation, um, the word relation is how we are connected, right? Relation means how we are connected. And the word ship is a vehicle designed for passage on water to take you from one place to another. Do you know that relationships are designed to take you from one place to another? As we connect with people, as we Build relationships. Those relationships take us from one phase of life to another phase of life. They take us from one state of mind to another state of mind. Relationships take you on a journey. Okay? Relationships take you on a journey. And y'all can respond. Don't be, I, you know, it's all right. Y'all can say amen. <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm not going to bite. I really can't see y'all, but that's good. <laughs> it's good that I can't see your faces. Okay? So, um, I want to go to the next slide, and I want to talk about um, four categories of relationship that God has established, and this is where I'm putting on my sociology hat. You have the intrapersonal relationship, you have the interpersonal relationship, you have the extrapersonal relationship, and you have the transpersonal relationship. Um, Let's start with the intrapersonal relationship. So we'll go to the next one. So the intrapersonal relationship is basically your relationship with yourself. And I'm going to go wide, right? I'm going to go wide, and I'm going to go broad with the topic. And then the rest of the weeks, the other speakers will go a little bit deeper into what each one means, right? So I'm just going to give you a broad perspective as much as I can. And how many of you know that relationships were ordained by God? God has ordained relationships. So I want to go back to the book of Genesis so you all don't think I'm making this stuff up. So, um, intrapersonal relationship is a, is a sociolo- sociological term that we use for relationship with yourself. And in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, a living soul, an individual complete in body and spirit. So when we talk about the intrapersonal relationship, we're talking about your relationship with yourself. And your relationship with yourself is your internal dialogue. Your relationship with yourself is your self-discipline. Your relationship with yourself has a lot to do with your mind, your thoughts, your soul, your spirit, your body, the Bible says that man, he breathed into man and he became a living soul. Do you know that you are a soul with a spirit that lives in a body? You are not your body, but you are a living soul that has a spirit that lives in a body, right? So say you are living what? That has a? That lives in a? Body. Okay. So let me talk to you about the soul for a little bit. Um, the soul is the seat of your mind, it is the seat of your will, and it is the seat of your emotions. The soul is the seat of your mind, which is the way that you think. It is the seat of your will, which is the decision making that we make, and it is the seat of your emotions, how you feel. What is your relationship with yourself? The Bible talks about, you know, when when we die, when we die, guess what happens? Your body goes where? Back to the ground where he formed it from. Your spirit goes where? Back to the God that gave it, but your soul, your consciousness, your mind, your will and your emotions will live on forever. Because this is how we're conscious, right? Y'all with me? The soul keeps you self-conscious and self-aware. Your spirit keeps you God-conscious and God-aware or spiritually connected. Your spirit is also the place where your character lives. Your spirit is where your character lives. Have you ever had anyone say to me, man, I used to hear all the time, man, you have a spirit just like your father. What does that mean? They're saying you have his character. You have his mannerisms. You have his ways. The Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit. That is what the character of God. It is the manifestation of the evidence of you having or possessing or being filled with the Spirit of God. This is all your intrapersonal relationship. What is your conversation with yourself about yourself? This is a type of relationship. What do you believe about yourself? What have you been told about yourself? How do you treat and handle yourself? self this is called an intrapersonal relationship because a lot of times we make relationships about other people but an intrapersonal relationship is your relationship with yourself what are you saying to yourself what do you believe about yourself what is your relationship with yourself see god established self we became a living soul which means that we are living beings, we are thinking beings, we are um, um, loving beings, we are emotional beings, we uh, we have feelings, we are sensitive beings. This is all a part of your soul. We think about all the issues that are happening in the world, and especially even now, the issue with the mental health, the mental health issue. That is a soul issue. Because your soul it is where your mind lives. It is where your emotions live. It is where your will lives, your power to make decisions. The enemy's not after your body, he's after your soul. And the crazy thing about it is that he has a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of crazy things with their bodies. At the end of the day, your body's going back to the ground, so your body don't care. I'm a drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do all these things because guess what? I'm, go- I'm not the one going to hell. Your body's not going to hell. Your body's going back to the ground. But it is your soul that is going to live forever. Your body's not going to live forever. Our bodies are temporary. They go back to the ground. That he, the scripture says that he formed the body from where? The dust. If you think you're not dust, so take a bath when you get out that bathtub, what's left? A ring of what? Dust. That's where he, so that's where he, that's where we are formed from the dirt. So our bodies go back to the dirt, and our spirit, right, he breathed the breath of life. That was the spirit. He breathed his spirit, which gives us life. And it brought our soul to life. It made us now conscious. So our body makes us conscious of the world that we live in. Our spirit keeps us conscious of God and the spirit world. But our soul keeps us conscious of of our senses, our mind, our will, our emotions, our decisions. What does your intrapersonal relationship look like? How are you treating yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? That's somewhere to start, right? But So I really want to present this to you so you can start to think and compartmentalize and not group relationships all together. There is a relationship that I have with myself. I owe myself. I owe myself time to think. I owe myself time to relax. I owe myself time. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything. So there's a time to dance and there's a time to mourn. There's a time to to eat. There's a time to stop eating. There's a time to work. There's a time to rest. Remember 2020 is about what? Balance. So are we balancing? How are we balancing our intrapersonal life? What are we? How are we? And that's a real question. I really want you to think about it. What are you doing to balance your life? Am I living a balanced life? That's a good question to ask. Am I living a balanced life? And what is my internal dialogue? What did I hear when I was a child that I still believe that's a lie? What did I experience as a child? Because we talk a lot about growth, and I'm, I remember talking about um, talking about how we can grow in age, but we can still be immature. So I can grow in age, but I can still be financially immature. I can grow in age, but I can still be mentally immature. I can grow in age but I can still be spiritual or emotionally immature. What does that mean? How does that happen? I become emotionally immature when I stop growing at the place where I've I've faced trauma. So if I face trauma at seven years old, that means now I'm stuck at that place because I can't get past that situation or that circumstance and it caused so much trauma, the impact, it left such an impression on my life that it caused me to be stunted emotionally. So I'm I'm a 37-year-old adult, but emotionally I'm still seven because that's when I faced trauma. That's a salah moment. This is reality. This is what we mean about, by allowing us to let the word of God see life in dimensions. So this is an intrapersonal relationship. The next one. The next one is interpersonal relationship. Interpersonal relationship, and this is your relationship with others. The Bible says in Genesis 2, chapter 18, Now the Lord God said it is not good or beneficial for man to be what? Alone. So I will make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him and a lot of times we only see this as marriage but this is relationship in general in every area this is this is relationship in every area right interpersonal relationship is about your relationship with others and this is your these are your family or kinship relationship this is your friendships this is your community and um and social or church relationships which is called a fellowship this is your marriage or your intimate relationships. This is mentorship. This is discipleship. This is how we interact with other people. How do we interact with other people? And what is it based on? Because sometimes we, we we have relationships and we respond certain ways, but we don't know that our interpersonal relationship is affected by our intrapersonal relationship. Because it's, it's a relationship, so you need more than one person to be involved. So if I'm showing up, and I'm already in my internal dialogue, if I am suffering trauma and m- emotionally I'm, I'm still seven years old, then that's what I'm bringing to this relationship. So there's going to be some problems because you look like you're an adult. And I think like, and I believe I'm getting into a relationship with an adult, when in actuality I'm getting into a relationship with a seven-year-old. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't mean to step on no toes. <laughs> I'm stepping on my own toes. How about that? Right? The things that we don't deal with in the intrapersonal relationship carries over to the interpersonal relationship. Because he said what? Um. I, it's not good for the man to be alone, and this is mankind to be alone, but I will make him a helper one who balances him. So relationships are there to balance us. We were never made or created to be an island. And the, because this is family, this is, this is um, intimate marriage relationship, but this is also familiar, family, kinship. We were meant to be balanced. The mom can't do everything. The father can't do everything. The uncle and aunt can do everything. The grandparents can do everything. It's we're supposed to balance one another out if we are a family. If we enter business relationships, in a business relationship, right, you have two people or more that come together and they sign a contract. And in that contract, it talks about the terms and conditions. And this is how we're going to operate. What are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? This is what I'm bringing to the table. See, and sometimes we get into relationships, and we don't be reading the contract. (laughs) We get into relationships, and then it's like, wait a minute. Wait, that, because it happened to me before. I signed a contract for a phone, and I wanted the phone so bad. I was like, just give me the phone, whatever, put my name on the print. And then when something happened, it was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. And they said, no, 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 you didn't read the contract. There's no, um and i'm like what you mean how y'all go you know do this to people whatever they said you didn't read the contract <laughs> we we can't do nothing about it you know and so we talk about entering relationships we have to read the contract we have to understand and we have to have these conversations about What am I bringing to this relationship? Because it's not all about the other person. I need this, and I need that, and I need... You can't enter into a relationship needy. You have to enter into a relationship ready to give. Relationships are about giving, not receiving. It's about balancing one each other out, not draining each other. But we're here to bring the best of who we are. So if I'm going to enter a business partnership, which I'm having conversations now about having business, creating business partnerships, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm bringing to the table. I'm very clear and aware what I'm bringing to the table, but let's talk about what you're bringing to the table. Because I'm not gonna bring everything that I have and you're like, all right, I'm gonna just give a little this over here and you know, I'm gonna go about my business just in case it don't work. No, 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 we are coming together and we're gonna give what's necessary to make this business or this relationship work. It's the same thing with family. It's the same thing with, with intimate relationships. It's the same thing with friendships. Yesterday, I was on a call for three hours with two of my friends because we have this thing called a mastermind that we do. And we're all authors, and we're all entrepreneurs, and we're all um, business owners, and we're all doing different things. And what we do is that we come together on the phone, and we tear each other's stuff apart. It's like, all right, so what, what, what what's your plan? Because we did it in December. We missed January. So it's like, all right, we're in 2020, so what's the what's what does the rest of the year look like for you? I'm like, well, I'm revamping my book and I'm doing this and I'm working on some content and these are the things that I want to do, da, da 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 And they're like, okay, great. So what are you revamping? And so we dig into each other's um, um, ideas because w- when, you, when, you live in, and when you live in a certain place, you have a, a certain vantage point. Like that's the benefit of business. That's the benefit of relationships. We balance one another out. Everyone is not strong at the same thing. I'm strong at content, I'm strong at clarity, but my other friend is strong at administration. So it's like, okay, I have the content and I'm clear, and she's like, great, but so what system? What's your system? And I'm like, don't have one. These are the things that I want to do. Don't have a system. You know, my other friend is, is great with, with staffing, and, and, and she's like, all right, well, great. So who's going to help you do this stuff? And I'm like, don't, know. <laughs> don't have a plan. Right? But that's what they're there for because they're like, okay, great, you have all these ideas and you want to do this, great, go ahead and do it. But if you go ahead and do that without a system or without people, then you will be right back in the place where you are now accomplishing nothing. Wow. So I bring the best of what I, what I, and I have to know what that is first. You have to understand the intrapersonal before you enter into the interpersonal. And this is a lot, and, and culture and society won't tell you that because they'll say, "All right, it don't even matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. You, just, they look good. Don't matter. They look good. It's a dime piece. What? <laughs> fine. Don't matter. They fine. You, you go ahead. Do what you're doing. What? They want to offer you how much? Just take that money. Worry about everything else later don't even know what you're getting into, because we don't take the time to read the contract, so that's the interpersonal relationship, so let's go into the next one, y'all all all right, all right, we're talking about relationships, right, so we go from the intra to the inter, now we go to the extra personal relationship, and an extra personal relationship is your relationship with things, I love this one. I love this one. <laughs> Genesis 2 and 28. And I, I'm taking y'all to the word because I don't want y'all to think I'm making this stuff up. <laughs> this ain't from my mind. This is from the mind of God. Genesis 2:28 says, And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, What? Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate or subdue it, putting it under your power and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. We have a relationship to things, right? He gave us power and dominion over the earth and everything above the earth and everything below the earth. Everything in the earth, everything above the earth, everything below the earth. So that's gold. That is diamonds. That is rubies. That's the sub- subatomic kingdom where you have gold and diamonds and rubies. No, that's the atomic kingdom, where, where things are made from atoms, gold, diamond, rubies, and, 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 and all those fine and precious stones. And then we have the subatomic kingdom where those are cells, and, and I'm not going to get into everything. Then we have the animal kingdom where you, you have the animals. And, and, and what I love is that Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but Jesus Christ came to restore our relationships right? So, but I'm not going to get there yet. So, intrapersonal, right? So, it's our relationship to things, right? Um, your relationship to things. What are things? Food, money, technology, animals, plants. What is your relationship with things? This is called extrapersonal relationship. This is a type of relationship. What is your relationship with food? What is your relationship with technology, That's a salaam moment. Are we abusing these things? What are your relationship with things? Because here he gave us power over everything, but some of us allow things to control us. What's your relationship with money? (laughs) Come on. Listen, and that's being honest. Because at the end of the day, if he gave us power over every living thing, right, then that means, okay, he gave us power over the birds of the air, the, 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 the fish of the sea, and that's the fish and the sea, the birds and the air, and everything that creep and moves upon the earth. So if he gave us dominion over the earth, that means he gave us dominion over the trees, he gave us dominion over the dirt, he gave us dominion over the worms, he gave us dominion. And what this? what's the difference between a tree and a dollar bill, the process in between? So if I have dominion over the trees, that means I have dominion over money. Because money comes from what? Trees. So I can't let money control me when God gave me power over it. What is our relationship with things? Because we see God gave us power over things. But how many of us allow things to control us? How many of us allow things to to sway and move us. And this is not to beat us up, but this is to make us aware. I can't let the thing that God gave me control over control me. There's something wrong. And then I wonder why my life is not taking or moving in the direction that I want it to. And I can pray and I can pray and I can pray and I can think it's a devil and I can think it's demons and I can think it's all of these different things when in actuality it is just simply my relationship with things. He gave me power over things and I'm allowing these same things to control me. That's like me allowing a little child, having a child, allowing the child to tell me what to do. No, you go wash up. (laughs) What? (laughs) How crazy does that look, right? (laughs) Don't that look crazy? Go take a shot. No, you go wash up. Go sit down. No, you go sit down. Don't that look crazy? And guess what looks crazy too? Money controlling us. That looks crazy too, but society makes it look like the norm. But when you're in the kingdom of God, uh uh-uh, baby, we got control over this. And if we don't, then we got to wake up. We got to wake up and take our rightful place and understand, he said, and God did what? First of all, if God blessed me, then I don't have to feel like if I don't have things that I'm not blessed. Because he blessed me before I had things, so things don't mean that I'm blessed or cursed. If we think having things mean that I'm a oh you know I'm uh, you know I got God because I'm successful, well there are people who are not God fearing people who are successful. So come again, <laughs> success don't mean you have God. Success doesn't mean you're in God's will. That's a thing. Come on. He knows our heart that is wicked. He said, Your heart is <laughs> deceitfully wicked. He sure does. God knows my heart. Yep, he knows our heart is wicked. It's deceitful. Have us doing things till we like, wait a minute, how did I end up here? I think about the prodigal son. When God gave him, his father gave him um, a portion of his inheritance. And then he found himself in a pig pen. It's like, wait a minute. Do you understand the wealth that my father possessed? How in the world did I end up here? How many times do we ask? Now let's ask ourselves the same question. How did I end up here? The place where I am. How did I get here? If my father is rich and and the the Bible says that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. That means industry because the cattle on the hill is an industry. Industries belong to him. The agricultural industry belongs to him. The pharmaceutical industry belongs to him. The technology industry belongs to him. Innovation belongs to him. Innovation comes from God. The ability to see beyond where we are. The the ability to see into the future. Steve Jobs was able to create a technology that wiped out a whole industry And then created a whole new industry. He was, Noah was innovative in his day. Noah was innovative. Don't you know that? They never knew what a ship was. God told Noah to build a ship. They had no idea what a ship was. You know why they didn't know what a ship was? And this is why it's hard for us to to understand how they didn't know what a ship was. Because we know what a ship is. (laughs) But there was no water back then. There was no The the Bible says that there was no rain. The Bible says that the water, the mist came up from the ground to water the ground. So there was no rain. So he's talking about rain, and they're like, okay. He was innovative because he spoke about something, a technology that was coming that they didn't understand. And he built a boat. He built a boat. God gave him the insight. God gave him the knowledge and the wisdom to build a technology that would be a solution to a problem that didn't even exist yet. Rain wasn't a problem because it never existed. A flood wasn't a problem because they never had one. But God gave him the spirit of innovation to see a, a solution to a problem that didn't even exist yet. That is what innovation is, and it belongs to God. Sister Chris is like, oh, my God. <laughs> what it is? What is it that God wants to talk to you about? What solutions does God want to give you? And I know you might think, well, God ain't giving me. Why would not God why, God? why wouldn't he give you a solution? Why not you? It's not limited to your financial situation. It's not limited to where you live. It's not limited to where you come from or your past. Why not you? God wants to give us solutions to problems that have not even existed yet. Don't you know that that's where influence comes from? That's how Daniel in the Bible, listen, Daniel in the scripture, he was second in command to the president. And a lot of times we forget that he got that position through slavery, He didn't work his way up the the presidential ladder in government to be the vice president. He was a slave. He was someone who was a, 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 um, King Nebuchadnezzar had went to war with his people and then won the war and enslaved them. So he was now a slave working in government. But God used him to interpret a dream and to bring clarity to a problem that the president had. And the president said, now I'm making it that everybody has to serve your God. And they have to obey the sound of your word because you were able to create a solution to a problem that not even the witches or the warlocks could give me an answer to. Innovation. It all belongs to God. What is your relationship with things? And I have to say these things because I need to build your faith. I need you to think higher. I need you to come from the place where you are, and I need you to think high. The Bible, the Bible talks about his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So we have to now think higher. We have to think higher. We got to stretch our mind. It's uncomfortable, but we have to allow God to stretch us because there's so much that's available to us. I'm telling you, watch my life. Watch, Watch where I am. What? And I'm telling you, one day I'll be able to really give the testimony of where the Lord has brought me from. But I want you to watch. So, intraperson, extra personal relationship. So, we're going to go into the last one. The last one. So, we went from intrapersonal to interpersonal to extra personal. Now, to transpersonal relationship. Transpersonal relationship is your relationship with who? Say it again. With who? With God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 26 says, And then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. Not physical, but spiritual personality and moral likeness. What I love about it is that, but a spiritual, right? This is how we connect with God, right? He said, Let me make them spiritual. This is how we connect with God spiritually. Because God is a what? Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, and let them have a complete have complete authority over the fish. Okay, yeah, so we, we did that part. But I just wanted to say that part. So God created us and he made us spirit so he can be connected to us. So he can be in relationship with us. So he can be in fellowship with us. Because we can't fellowship with God flesh to flesh because he ain't flesh. God is not emotional, He's not a soul. He's not emotional. It's like God, oh my God you know God ain't crying God ain't crying, God don't even sleep. <laughs> How about that? the Bible says that he doesn't slumber nor sleep you know what slumber is <laughs> oh, oh. He don't doze off. <laughs> he don't take naps, he don't take cigarette breaks. <laughs> right the bible says that there is no shadow of turning with him he's not shady you know what that means god ain't shady the bible says there's no shadow of turning he will never sh- turn and give you his shadow he will never be shady that's what that means god ain't shady hashtag god ain't shady you right thank you <laughs> god ain't shady so transpersonal relationships, and I and I think I'm going to read one more scripture, and I'm going to end here because it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I got a lot more, but I I, I feel like I want to I want to compartmentalize it, and I'll do the the other part next week. But extra personal uh, transpersonal relationship is your spiritual relationship or relationship with God. What does that relationship look like? And that relationship as well is predicated upon your intrapersonal relationship. How you see yourself, how you interact with yourself, is how you're going to interact and see God. If you don't like yourself, then you're not going to like God. If you're mad at yourself, then you're going to be mad at God. If you have a hard time dealing with your issues, then it's going to be hard for you to understand the situations and circumstances that God allows to happen in your life. How is your extra, your extra personal, your interpersonal, your interpersonal, and your transpersonal relationship with God? These are all relationships that God has established in the book of Genesis. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, and you can go to that scripture, um, Uriah, that was the first one. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, verse 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one. And this is the, 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 the what is God's intent for relationship. Two is better than one. Two are better than one because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. Ooh, satisfying. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. You hear that word? Companion, company. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, then they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And through and though one can uh, overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And a lot of times we only see this as relationships. Oh, well, you know, um, you know, Two are better than one because, you know, they have a more satisfying return for their labor. But he's talking about labor. He's talking about work. This is work. Relationships are work. This is a different perspective. When we're working together and we're in partnership, then the labor becomes easy because when you get tired, then it's like, all right, lean on me a little bit. I got you. When I get tired, I can lean on you. He said either of them, when one of them falls, get faint. Because a lot of times we think fall into sin. Oh, I fell into sin, so I need somebody. It's not always about that. But fall has a connotation of, 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 of stumbling. It has a connotation of, of, of losing your way. It has a connotation of um, not having the right information. You can, it, can be, it can be used in so many different ways, but when, when you fall, there's the other one there to kind of lift you up. When you feel down, when you're downtrodden, when you might feel depressed, there's another one that's there to say, come on, lift your spirit. Come on, come on, we got to get up. We got to get up from this place. Come on, God is too good. Come on, come on, clap. if You got to clap. Come on, you know, celebrate. We got to get you out of this rut. He said, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, when he's depressed, when he's confused, when he's angry. He said, because you don't have another person to lift you up. He said, again, if two lie down together, if you make an agreement, lying down together is not always sex. But when two lie down together, you ever heard them say a business term or we're in in bed with this company? When you lie down together, when you make agreements, they keep warm. But how can one be in agreement alone? How can you be in agreement by yourself? The Bible says where two or more are gathered, what? He's in the midst. So we need relationship to come into agreement. When two touch and agree, it shall be established. So we need that contact for things to be established. Come on. And though one can overpower him, who is alone, right? Two can resist him. That's, that's fighting. Like you're fighting. We're fighting for our lives. We are fighting for our destiny. We are fighting for our finances. We are fighting for our families. We are fighting every single day, but we can't Fight alone. We need to be in relationships so we can fight together. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So we're stronger together. Relationships makes us stronger. Why don't you stand to your feet? I love the word. I'm telling you, y'all love the word. Listen. I'm telling you, God has a way. I love the word. And this is how I know that God loves us so much is that he loves us so much that he will take the word and flip it and then flip it again and then flip it again and then flip it again. It's almost like a prism and he'll keep taking it and flipping it so you can see all the dimensions. One prism, but uh, when you hold it up to the light, you see all the different dimensions of that one thing. And that's how the word is. When you hold the word up to God, when you hold it up to Christ, the light, you begin to see it in all of its dimensions. And it begins to heal all of those broken places. Heal all of those places that we might uh, be, be immature in. And immaturity is not a bad word. Immaturity means I just need to, I need more information to develop. I need more development. I need more development. Immaturity doesn't mean acting like a kid. It just means I need more development in this area. Some of us are, we, we need development emotional, emotionally. Some of us need development financially. Some of us need de- uh, development physically. Some of us need development mentally. Some, come on, we all need something. We all do. All of us. All of us need it. All of us, all of us. So I'm gonna say this in closing to as an intro to next week. These are all the relationships that God established in Genesis: interpersonal, intrapersonal, extrapersonal, transpersonal. And we stand here today and we say, Well, what happened? What broke that fellowship? What discommunicated that relationship? And it was sin. Sin is the number one reason for the breakdown in communication of relationships. It was sin. When, when Satan came into the, onto the scene and that whole thing went down with him and Eve and the apple and then she gave it to Adam, that is where the communication broke down. It was sin. But you're going to have to wait to hear the rest next week. Because we're going to go into the New Testament, baby. We're going to go into the New Testament, and we're going to see where God came and restored each and every one of those relationships. Hallelujah. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord today? Father, we just give you praise. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you honor because you are amazing, because you're good, because you're faithful, because you love us. Even when we didn't love ourselves, even when our intrapersonal was all jacked up. Father, you still love us beyond our faults and our flaws and our cares and our insecurities and our idiosyncrasies and all of the stuff that was going on with us that was wrong and that was right. You still love us in spite of. And it is nothing but your love for us that is teaching us how to love ourselves. It's nothing but your love for us that is teaching us how to love others. It is nothing but your love for us that is teaching us how to love you. We learn how to love by recognizing how you love. And we owe it to ourselves to just embrace his love. Embrace the Father's love and I know it might be hard because some of us have a strange relationship with our fathers and some of us might not have had relationship with our fathers, but I come to tell you today that there is no love greater than the father's love. Not a father's love, but the father's love. See, our father's love is temporary. It could be conditional. It could be based upon what we do or what we don't do. Some of us have been thrown away. Some of us have been discarded. Some of us us feel disenfranchised. Some of us feel like we have been just tossed to the side. But there is no greater love than the Father's love. And we're standing in the midst of his love today. I remember growing up as a child, I didn't have my father in my life. He wasn't present in my life. And as an adult, he said to me, he said, you know, I'm almost grateful that I wasn't in your life. And that bothered me. I'm like, what do you mean you're happy, you're grateful? He said, because if I was in your life, I probably would have raised you to be just like me. And right now, he's sitting behind bars, 35 years in prison. Sometimes we look at the fact that uh, we look stress what we don't have. When in actuality, God gave us everything that we needed. We got the 26 chromosomes from our mother and the 26 from our father. He's given us everything that we need to be successful at life. And what I love is that his presence and his life, it fills all the gaps. So where I needed something, he fills in the gap. I'm single and I'm not married, so he said, you know what, I'm going to fill in the gap. I'm struggling financially. You know what? He said, I'm going to give you grace and favor, and I'm going to fill in the gap. There's areas of my life that mentally I I can't seem to find my way. He said, don't worry. I'm going to fill the gap till healing manifests. Come on, just lift your hands today because what God is doing is that his presence is filling the gap. His presence is filling those gaps right now. Those places where we are lacking, those places where we are immature, where we need to grow, those areas that we need development, he's filling the gap while he's sending the word to develop us. He says, I'm filling the gap. He says, I'm filling those gaps. I'm filling those gaps right now, God. We just say thank you. We give you praise for what you're doing in us. We give you glory for what you're doing in us, for how you're moving towards, for how you're moving through us. We are just so grateful we are so grateful, God. We are so grateful for this time and for this place and for this season that you have ordained and carved out that we could hear from heaven. You said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land, heal their body, heal their mind, heal their emotions, heal their will, heal their hurt, heal their insecurities, heal their fear, heal their, heal their anxiety, heal their depression. He said, I will heal your land. What is land? Land is the ground that we came from. He says, I'm going to heal your ground because you came from the ground. He says, I'm healing your ground. I'm healing your land right now. And the beauty about our God is that we don't have to feel it. We don't have to believe it. If he says it, he's going to do it. If he says it, he's going to do it. So right now where you sit and where you stand, God is healing body right now, he is healing something in your mind right now, I decree and declare that he's healing something in your spirit, I decree and declare that he's healing something in your finances, I decree and declare that he's healing something in your mind, I decree and declare that he is healing something in your emotions I decree and declare that he is healing something in your decision-making and in your processing. In the Name of Jesus, hallelujah 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 come on hallelujah come on put your hands together for the lord if you love him come on put your hands together for the lord hallelujah. Presence of the Lord to just prepare an offering today. Just prepare a seed. What I love about the presence of the Lord is that there's no more fertile ground than in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's nothing like after you have a really good meal, it's like now I need something to wash it down, right? And then after you wash it down, it's like you don't just get up from the table and leave the restaurant. <laughs> Right? You don't just get up from the table and leave the restaurant after you have a five-star meal. A five-star meal. Right? You gotta give a little tip. Come on here. That's what I'm talking about. You gonna pay your meal, you're gonna leave a tip for the waiter. It's like thank you so much. Not only was the food good, but the service was amazing. The ambiance was fabulous. You prepared, the Bible says he prepared a table before us. Come on, if you ate today, why don't you just prepare a special offering today and say, you know what, God, this is my best. You gave me your best, so I'm gonna give you my best. And I want you to rest assured, every seed that you plant into the ground of RCC. Listen, I got nice sneakers on, but I'm not using RCC money to get my sneakers, because I got a whole job. I work a whole 12 to 18 hours a day to afford my own sneakers, right? And not only do I work a whole 12 to 18 hours a day, but I go home and study to come here and preach with my pastor. I come here and put up the curtains and I come, right? So we got a whole world and we are taking care of ourselves as God gives us the strength. So we're not using the money that you plant in RCC to floss and Pastor Andre ain't driving a Benz. He used to drive a Benz before he had kids. He ain't driving no bands. You won't see him coming up in here in no three-piece suit. You know, Pastor Rachel ain't, ain't coming in here with a new hairdo every week with diamond rings. And so be assured, the money that you plant into RCC is going into kingdom initiatives. Coming in this year, we're going to start showing you guys what some of the money and the seed that you've been planting, what is doing. What it's doing for our community. What it's doing for our society. What it is doing. For our world stay tuned that's all I'm gonna tell you sit back relax and stay tuned sit back relax and stay tuned sit back relax and stay tuned because God is about to blow your mind he's about to blow your mind he's about to blow your natural mind watch what I tell you you can't give into God's ground and not get a good harvest you can't plant into good ground and not get a harvest. And I tell you this, we have testimonies all across this room of as we give, we've seen the exponential return and blessings that come from other places. We see God open doors, we see him make ways. Listen, we're a small church, but we're a giving church. I don't I don't know if y'all know. But we're a giving church. And you can't be generous and not and God not give back to you. I went from living in a one-bedroom apartment with my mother sleeping on her couch, but making my way here on the bus each and every weekend to be here at RCC Philly for the past five years, not really having much of anything, not really feeling stable, and now I live in a two and a half level apartment in the city. Oh, listen, let me tell you, No, there was no work my way up. Well, let me get a little studio apartment. No, God took me literally from the pit to the palace because of my sacrifice. Because of my sacrifice. You can't beat God given, you can't beat Him given. So everything that you've given today, know and expect. You gotta, you have to start putting a name on your seed and expecting something to come from this seed. God, I'm planting this seed. I know. I decree and declare that I'm gonna see a harvest of the seed that I'm putting in the ground today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the seed. We know that you are the Lord of the harvest. And as we plant seed into your ground today, you are the Lord of the harvest. You promised us, God, that as we plant seed into good ground, we will see 30, some 60, and some 100-fold return on the seed. So we decree and declare it to be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. Well.